guys, welcome to another episode of the Excuse Me Podcast. This is Vicki Ganetto, your host, and thank you so much for taking the time out to download, like, comment, subscribe on your favorite podcast platforms, and let's just enjoy another great episode with another great guest. This week, guys, we have Danny Limelight, the Puerto Rican Papi. I am so excited to interview Danny, and I hope you enjoy this. Let's listen to his story, his motivation, the the positive attitude that he has, and what a great testimony of him being a father and uh, raising his daughter in the wrestling industry. Take it away, Danny. Excuse me! Hey, everyone, it's Vicki Guerrero, and welcome to another episode of the Excuse Me Podcast. This week, everyone, I have an incredible guest. I saw him at AEW uh, with performing some matches, but I also got to t- take some time in the wee hours of the early morning uh, hours at the airport. We got to sit down and talk, and I fell in love with this guy. And everyone, he is becoming quite popular. And when he becomes a big famous international pro wrestling star. He's going to remember the little people who made him famous. Everyone, please welcome Danny Limelight. Orale! Danny? <laughs> Thank you so much, Vicky. You made me sound like a superstar just now. I really appreciate that. <laughs> you are. You are, Danny. I'm trying. I'm trying. You're moving this mountains. Is, this is... Thank you. I, I, that's that's the goal, and I, I'm so humble to be here. You know, especially somebody growing up watching you, and you're, and, and of course Eddie, do 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 it for Latinos everywhere. You know, like <laughs> this is this is awesome. Um, funny story. I don't know if you remember, but about a year or so ago, I met you for the first time with your daughter at a, a comic convention, and you guys were at you guys were at a booth, and you did a video for me yelling at my sister. I wanted you to yell at my sister. So you like screamed and did this video yelling at my sister. Um, and that was the first time I met you and Shao in person. Wait, so it must've been, was it WrestleCon that we were at together no, or? I think it was, I think it was. In LA. I think it was LA Comic-Con. And I they had like, so. the, they had Woman of Wrestling Ring set up and stuff like that. Yes, yes, yeah. I remember that. Wow, yeah, I, I, yell a lot of, I yell at a lot of people during Comic-Con. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> It was fun. Though. It was funny. Then who look fast forward a year or so later, and now we're sitting down having this conversation. I know. You know. Let's let's fill in my fans on who you are, Danny. First of all, you're a Puerto Rican, and yes. uh, you're called the Puerto Rican Bobby. Is that correct? Yes. The radioactive Bobby now. <laughs> radioactive. Okay, I get a little hot flash right now. How about just let me cool down a little okay. bit? Okay. All right. Cool, so, cool, 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 cool. <laughs> you are a a former Marine Corps veteran, correct? Yes. Thank you for your service. That that just Thank warmed you. my heart when I read that about you. And yes. um, you're you're an actor and a stuntman. I am. I do. I do. I do act and I do stunts. And I love the adrenaline that I get from both of those things. <laughs> so have you have you appeared in anything that, that you want to yes. let the fans know um, where can find you? Yeah. Most recently, um, I was in John Morrison's new film, Speed of Time. Yeah. What? Johnny Mundo, Johnny, Johnny Nitro, Johnny Impact, Johnny, whatever you want to call him. <laughs> Slow mo, John Hennigan. Um, funny story. I was training with him, you know, in, in at a ring. We were training, and 
he was talking about a film he had coming up and he was looking for some guys that can do stunts to shoot some pre-visuals for the film, for the fight choreography. And because he was helping me work on my wrestling because him and I both have a parkour background. So I was kind of like having him show me some things where I can use that into the ring. And for those that watch me see the stuff that I do on the ropes and things like that. Um, and I told him, I was like, hey man, like I'm a stuntman as well. That's what I do out here. Like, I'd love to help out just to thank you kind of kind of deal. And so I went I went to help him with the pre-visual effects and just they just phone camera recording the moves, the fight choreography for the film, um, putting some stuff together, some cool like ways to get beat up. And then because John, John, anybody that knows John, he's an amazing human being. Um, he he put in a good word for me and they actually booked me for the movie. So I did all the stunts in that movie. Me and two other guys were played all the time boards and John just whooped our ass the entire week for that film. Oh my gosh, that's incredible. Yeah. Is there any, um, so are you, besides, you know, everyone's been currently following you on AEW, but are you working on any other stunt films or anything? Yes, I um, I, I just did a Zaxby's commercial that just aired. Um, so I, I, and I actually, it was for the new chicken sandwich. I, it just aired and I just tried it um, a couple of weeks back. It was a pretty good sandwich. So I just did that. <laughs> um, I also write and produce my own short film. So I have a few films right now currently in post-production. And I just booked my first featured film with Lionsgate um, production. Um, I'm going to be playing a character named Caleb in the upcoming film Conundrum. I'll be starring alongside oh uh, Parker McKenna Posey. She's playing the lead female. So I'm super excited for that. That's coming up and filming begins in 2021. Uh, I want to thank my manager, Sean Cairo. He was actually the one that got me the, got me in the room, as they say in Hollywood, and we was able to make that happen. And I just finished with my daughter. She just finished her second national commercial for the year. Um, with oh, McDonald's. hold on. We're, we're going to talk about her. <laughs> she is a cutie pie. And yeah. we're, we're, okay, so let's go ahead and talk about her. Her name is Lisey. Uh, yes. she's adorable, Danny. Oh my gosh. You. And, um, you know, I, I stalk the Instagrams, you know, whenever I'm getting ready to have a, a guest. And, um, first I just want to say, I love the co-parenting you have with, with you and Lisey's mm -hmm. mom. Um, and she has her own Instagram page. This kid's going to yes. pass me up in about a year. <laughs> <of followers. laughs> so, so my daughter is, uh, her name is Khaleesi. Corinne Rivera. We got the name from Game of Thrones because we were huge Game of Thrones fans. Um, and, you know, her mom had never watched the show at first. So when I told her I wanted to name my daughter Khaleesi, she was like, what's a Khaleesi? And so we watched the show. I showed her it. She kind of fell in love with the character and we named our daughter Khaleesi. And then Lisi became her cute little nickname, you know. So we started calling her Lisi and she began her acting journey one year ago. And in her first year, she booked two national commercials, three short films. And she, she's been rocking and rolling and doing school at the same time. And I'm just thankful, you know, that me and her mom, Miranda, she's, she's also in the Marine Corps still. Her mom, is wow. a, her mom is a Marine still. She's actually recruiting right now in California. Uh, we're able to co-parent and work this out. Her mom doesn't know anything about the entertainment business. So she lets me handle that. And then she makes sure that the school stuff is handled. So we got that like little uh, teamwork going. That's, that's incredible. And what a great testimony that, you know, that you guys can co-parent and still respect each other's field of, um, you know, your field of careers. And, right. and, and Lisi is able to contribute and to uh, feel, you know, the, the support that you guys are having for her. And I think that's, I just, I have a lot of friends and, and family that, you know, they get divorced, they don't speak to each other, and there's just a lot of ill will. 
and I, I love your story of having, you know, uh, Lisa's mom and you co-parent and show the kids that, you know, mom and dad are together, you know, we're going to support yeah. you. We're, we're here for you. And then y'all and in return, y'all are probably helping support each other because um, you said Miranda was, you know, she's uh, recruiting and that you have your entertainment, you know, right. business. It, that's incredible. And, and I, I think I, I, I put my hats off to y'all. Thank you. I think it's very important because you hear all the horror stories about kids not having their parents in their life or kids dealing with parents that can't stand each other. I met I met her mom when I was in the Marine Corps. We were very young. Um, we were super young. And, and you know, we had a baby. We, we tried to make things work for the baby and, and we got married and we kind of was just trying to get a handle on all of it. And when we realized that it just wasn't going to be it because my, myself, my own mistakes, her mistake, we just we just weren't compatible that way but we were both very good parents. There's no need to punish the child because we just can't be together. And, uh, you know, it's, it's taken some, a few years now that we've been separated, you know, to, to work through some little kinks, but I think we have a great thing going right now. I'm super grateful for her mom's parents, you know, as well as my parents, cause they are still friends, you know, and everybody's just, this is a huge umbrella just for Lisi, you know? And I think that that's one thing that I'll be, that I'm very proud of is that my daughter be able to grow up and, and she won't, have like oh my dad was never around oh my mom hated my dad it won't be nothing like that it'd be like my mom and my dad were able to raise me and look at these amazing things that I'm doing in life now because of it so I'm super grateful you know and, and you know I'm thankful for the Marine Corps as well I did I did 10 years and wow. I met my daughter's mom there so oh my it's gosh. funny because her mom's a recruiter right now and my last job in the Marine Corps was a drone instructor so when the kids went to boot camp I was the guy that was like screaming at them and making them do push-ups and all the craziness <laughs> You know, so now her mom is bringing those kids to boot camp. So her mom's like, she'll call me and be like, hey, I got this kid going to boot camp. You know, give me all the, give me all the little, the little tips and tricks to get them ready and stuff. So we still have those kind of conversations to prepare, you know, to help her. But it's mostly just Team Lisi. And I think that that's what matters the most. And, and it's, it's true when the saying goes, it takes a village to raise, a, you know, a child. And you Absolutely. have that village that's working together. I just think that's so freaking incredible because I love, good positive stories that come from my guests because y'all can be a testimony to other people that are watching that could be, you know, going right. through these same problems. And like we were talking before our interview is that we need more, we more, we need more love and more kindness love. to come to yes. this crazy world right now. You know, Biggie says spread love. It's the Brooklyn way, you know, you spread yeah. love, not hate. <laughs> um, and, and look, imagine if me and my daughter's mom weren't able to co-parent, you know, all the stuff that Khaleesi's doing, you know, where her career wouldn't be happening. You know, her mom would be like, oh, she can't go to that audition. But no, we have a perfect thing. Like school comes first. But if there's an audition, as long as she gets her schoolwork done, you know, she can take care of that. And that's because we have that communication. And like you said, it's a testimony to people out there that, hey, you know, it can happen. You could co-parent. You guys could be a team. And, and that's OK that you guys don't want to be together. You know, as long as the, the kid benefits from having both parents in their life, that's the most important thing. That's amazing. Okay, so let's talk about your wrestling career, which I'm excited to talk it. about. Um, you it. you have been in quite a few several promotions. You've been in New Japan Pro Wrestling yes. Sport, and then you've been in Championship Wrestling from Hollywood, which is such a huge promotion right now because they kind of came in and gave a lot of work to the to the wrestling industry because of COVID when people right. were, you know, sidelined to be home and not work. Um, yes. How, how are those two uh, promotions, you know, been for you? We're not going to talk about the big uh, discussion of AEW, but um, right. how, how's New Japan Pro Wrestling? Because have you been to Japan or you just experienced it from the, the well, California location? 
So I was, my first duty station in the military was Okinawa, Japan. So I lived in Japan for two years, but at the time I never knew about New Japan. Like I, I, when I was growing up wrestling, what? all I knew was, I know, all I knew was WWF, you know, WWE. <laughs> that's, that's what I knew growing up. I didn't know about independent wrestling. I missed out on so much wrestling as a kid. Um, so when, when I started wrestling, you know, I started diving into learning about it, obviously, you know, you want to educate yourself. And I learned about New Japan. I learned about Ring of Honor and all these other companies. And so the New Japan thing came about because David Marquez, who's, who runs Championship Wrestling from Hollywood, loved the man. He kind of took me under his wing when I started wrestling. You know, I was about nine months into the business and nobody, I, you know, I got into some trouble with my school that I was training at. They kind of like kicked me out. They didn't want, didn't want me in the school, told me I'll never wrestle again, kind of like try to blackball me. Um, and David Marquez, you know, he's like, I want to hear your side of the story. You're the only person that asked for my side of the story. And so when I told him, you know, well, this is what happened. I went to LA and I won a match at a different promotion and, and my promotion in, in San Diego got upset because I was taking other bookings. You know, I thought I was okay. Cause I'm an independent wrestler. I should be able to wrestle wherever I want. So they kind of like try to give me a black eye in the business. And so David Marquez took me under his wing, brought me to championship wrestling from Hollywood. And nine months in, I'm wrestling on TV. No clue how to freaking do it, but learning as I went. And that's where I met Rocky Romero, who was the guy that invited me out to the New Japan tryout in uh, fall of 2019. And, you know, I did the tryout and it was great. It was intense, um, demanding. And, you know, I made my debut for New Japan this past summer when they started the New Japan Strong Shows out here in America. So at the, you know, the West Coast location. So it's it's been amazing man you know when you go back and you think of all the greats that have come from japan a lot of the guys that are at the top of the business right now you know made a, a career out of new japan pro wrestling yeah and and just the style i believe that i i used to be good at wrestling and when i started wrestling for new japan i got better you know like i i, I believe that they, they that those guys just really bring out the best in you iron sharpens iron you know lions raise lions and i, and I think that training to be able to get into that ring and like working wrestling guys like Chase Owens wrestling, you know, and having a feud for the summer with Rocky Romero and, you know, you know, joining team filthy and really getting in there and banging with guys like, Carl, you know, Carl, um, Fred Rosser, amazing guy. Who's by the way, doing the best I work of his Fred. career right now, doing the best work of his career right now. You know, it, it just, it really, it just the locker room leadership that they have there. You know, I'm not going to name drop guys that are, that are back there, but they look out for the guys that are coming up and they, cause obviously they care about the product. They care about the right. business and, and it, it really brings out the fight in you. And I, I tell everybody, you know, my striking and, and the, the aggressive side and, and all that stuff came from wrestling at new Japan and learning, learning that kind of stuff just by being in the ring. So I'm super grateful for new Japan. So tell me, you say that you were just nine months in, when did you start getting interested in, in wrestling? And I, from your Marine, you know, being in the Marine Corps and then looking at wrestling, what interested right. you? Because that's two this, different careers. Yeah. <laughs> this, this, this story is going to blow your mind. So it was 2014. Um, I was a sergeant in the Marine Corps um, and I went to Target with my daughter. My daughter was about four or five months old and I'm pushing her in the little stroller. Her mom was at home, probably getting dinner ready or something. And I went to the Blu-ray aisle because I'm a huge movie fan. I love movies. As, since I was a kid, I always wanted to be an actor. But my favorite actor is Denzel Washington. So I was looking for a new Denzel film. And my daughter, her motor skills when she was young was very ahead of time. And she like smacked some DVDs down. And, and I started picking them up. And one of the DVDs was The Rock's Greatest Matches. And 
you know, my two favorite wrestlers of all time, The Rock and Eddie Guerrero. So when I saw The Rock's top 10 greatest matches, I was like, oh, you know, I haven't watched wrestling in years. I think this would be nostalgic. You know, I didn't, the WWE Network had just came out and I didn't even know what that was. So I was like, I'll just go watch, you know, 10 matches of The Rock, whatever. So I go home, I put the, the Rock's DVD on, I set my daughter on a bopper and I give her a bottle and she, we're watching wrestling. Her mom walks into the living room, you know, at the time we were still married and she's like, <laughs> what, what is my daughter watching? And I'm like, she's watching wrestling, it's The Rock, you know? My daughter's mom had not really watched wrestling, didn't really know what it was. So she's like, this is interesting, you know? So I said, like, hmm, I think a fun date night would be to look up a wrestling show and go to a wrestling show. Turns out WWE was coming to town the next week. The Valley View oh Casino in San Diego. So I bought tickets. I got us a babysitter. We went to the, see the show. The main event was like Randy Orton and, and, and Kane versus Rollins and, and, and Reigns and like the Shield versus Authority gimmick they had going on. And I ran into somebody that was in the military at the show. And he was like, Sergeant, I didn't know you liked wrestling. And I was like, you know, I haven't watched it in years. I, this is just a date night with me and my wife, yada, yada. And he's like, I'm training to be a wrestler. And I laughed. I was like, what? Like, you know, like what, are you, what are you talking about? You're training to be a wrestler. Like, I thought he was joking, you know? Because it was one of those things where how do you train to be a wrestler? You know, I, I looked at it as like, you know, if you want to go to the NBA, you got to be an NBA, you know, college athlete and get scouted. So I didn't know that there was like training schools. He's like, here's the location to this school. So I'm training, man. Come check it out. And I look at my daughter's mom and she gives me the look like, mm -mm -mm, you know, like, don't even think about it. But fortunately, I'm super blessed. And lucky that she was a good woman and she actually paid for my first two months of training out of her pocket she, she gave me the money for for the training i started training to be a wrestler um and where'd you train at who was training you? um i i i um i i don't really say who trained me because when they kicked me out of the school and they told me i never wrestle again i i decided that they would never ever ever get anything from me again perfect um, okay then don't give yeah. them power that's right yeah I, I i would never mention them again and even all the the hate that they gave me they just they don't they didn't expect things to go the way it went for me and and you know for somebody who looked me in the face and told me i never wrestle again i'm sure they're looking a little okay. silly right silly right now karma comes back tenfold i believe yes i i agree with you 100 percent. so i started training at a school and then when that didn't happen you know I got most of my training from working with guys from Santino Bros Wrestling School, you know, getting in the ring with, you know, guys like, you know, Brody King or Jake Atlas or just like having one on one sessions with guys like John Morrison and Damian Sandow or, you know, Aaron Stevens, wow. yeah. you know, just 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 getting one on one time with those guys. I, I went to like a lot of like the gymnastic Olympia buildings in California that have like you know, mats and stuff where you can work at. And I worked and trained with guys like Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus and just working oh on, God. yeah, working on like strikes and things like that. And just having sessions with Paul London. And I, and I flew out to New York a few times to go to Evolve seminars where Adam Cole was leading the seminar and Roger Strong was leading the seminar. Um, been to a few seminars with Al Snow and just like really uh, me because I didn't have a home school. You know, I was just trying to go find whoever I can learn from, you know, Los Luchas in, in, in LA. Um, and then I spent a lot of time with Mariachi Loco and Lil Cholo from Lucha Underground. I don't know yep. if you remember yep. them. Love those guys. Amazing human beings. They're the ones that I think took me and, and I had the most Lucha training with. They're the guys that really helped me step up my Lucha game. And I thank them so much for the, the extra time that they put in because they weren't running a school. They didn't have to take their Friday nights to help yeah. me get better. And, and they did. They took a lot of their time to help me get better. And I'm super grateful for them. Grateful for John. 
And, and, you know, the rest of my training just came from trial and error in the ring and just repetition, repetition, and just having matches nonstop. And, and you know, watching back my tapes and studying other people, you know, um, I love it. I just, I just love how it, it's, it, 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 it was looking like it would never happen for me. And, and then it did. And, and it's a blessing. I think that's so important that when you say, you know, that if you were to listen to those negative voices saying, you know, you'll never wrestle, you don't belong here. It's amazing how we can take back our power and our, and, and believe in ourselves and, and for your charisma and your positive energy that you put it back, you know, instead of listening to those guys and you said, this is what I'm going to do. And you had the heart and the dedication, you know, to go forward and, and keep learning the craft and nothing was going to stop you. That's right. so incredible because if we listen to every negative voice, especially on social media or anywhere, we would never get anywhere in our careers. 100% correct. If you, if you look, use it as fuel to like move your car forward, as opposed to fuel to set you back, you'll be so much better. I, 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 I strive on trying to prove people wrong my whole life. And now I just want to prove myself right. Like I don't, I don't, I no longer want to prove my school that kicked me out wrong. I no longer want to prove this person doesn't think I'm good enough wrong. Now I just want to prove to myself and those that believed in me from the beginning that, that we're right and that I do belong here. And I think that for anybody who's watched me this last year, they, they can attest to it. Yes, this was, he belongs, you know? Yeah, you know, and that's something that I, I always, I have a saying for myself when things seem difficult, I always tell myself, I don't care what direction I'm moving as long as it's forward. And that has yes. taken me through so many things, you know, that I have doubts in myself. And you just, you're such a great testimony, Danny. And I love your, I love your energy and your attitude. And um, what takes me to now, Watching you in AEW, I want to say that when I saw you first work at AEW, which is AEW Dark, I was totally impressed. I mean, you have the energy and the charisma that Eddie has, that Eddie has. Wow. And, and to see the way, I mean, the matches, I mean, I, I wrote down a lot. You've been facing a lot of people from AEW. I mean, there's yes. uh, Brian Cage, Fuego de Sol, and... Uh, now you're you're tag teaming, you know, with different guys and uh, having these incredible matches. And I'm I'm a fan sitting there you. watching you. And I just think you, this kid is gonna make it. Like you are going wow. to go far. And I heard you on an interview that you said that you're waiting to have a contract with AEW. Um, has you know Christopher Daniels? You, know, you said that Christopher Daniels was the one that he's TR for AEW and that he had uh, booked you. How how has this been for you? Because you're on TV now. I mean, I know you've been on TV for you know New Japan and for CW, uh, um, was the Championship Wrestling in Florida, but this is AEW. I mean, you're you're not only getting exposed to the the YouTube channel for AEW Dark, but now yeah. you know there's Dynamite, and then this is this is like it's going pretty fast for you because I'm watching your journey and. They're, they're loving you there. How's this been for you? It's, man, I I had no time last year to just stop and take it all in. But on December 31st, before the new year rang in um, for 2021, I just took an hour and I just like, wow. I just sat back, skipped through some of the matches, looked at some of the flyers that I was on and the people that I wrestled. And Christopher Daniels, um, he wasn't the one that directly booked me. I had contacted him and... It was like right in the middle of pandemic really getting serious. And uh -huh. uh, um, 
my debut with New Japan had just happened. And he told me he'll keep my stuff on file and he'll let me know. It was actually QT Marshall, who I guess got oh. the word from somebody and, and brought me in. And, you know, I made my debut. I wrestled Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy. And those are my, those are my guys, you know? <laughs> so that was fun. And I don't know, I, I, I guess the people there saw something in me in my first two matches. It was a six-man tag. And then I had a tag team match. And then after that, it was just singles matches with Brandon Cutler. You know, you said Brian Cage. I had yeah. two matches with Matt Seidel. I wrestled Ray Phoenix, you know, and then I wrestled That Fuego. was incredible. Like, Thank you. Like, the matches and the positions that they've been putting me in, it's, they've allowed me to show just a little more each time of who I am. And now you talk about Dynamite and making my Dynamite debut, wrestling Kenny Omega, literally probably the, the biggest star in the world, you know, on, on, on New Year's Smash Night 2, Kenny Omega and the Good Brothers against me and the Varsity Blondes, that was like my my moment, you know? I, when, when 2020 happened, I had just separated my shoulder in December of 2019. I got hit by a car a week after separating my shoulder. It popped my shoulder back in place. I started January 2020 wrestling three or four weeks after separating my shoulder. And I started just rocking and rolling. The quarantine happened. I thought wrestling was going to die down. And somehow I took the worst year in history and made it my year. And when I made my debut in New Japan, I was satisfied. I was happy. I was like, there's no way my career could get any bigger than this right now. And then AEW calls me. And, and <laughs> it's like, a it's like wow, it's a roller coaster. Like, what, like, like it, it felt like a dream for so long. I'm like, there's no way I'm wrestling on primetime live, AEW, New Japan, and then championship wrestling from Hollywood in one week. There's no way I'm on four different TV shows with four different companies in one week, weekly. It, it felt so unreal. And my daughter was like watching all these matches on TV with me. She was so happy because for so long, she's seen me at, at little independent shows, you know, she's seen the little things here and there. And now she's seeing me at this level and she's old enough to understand what this is. And it, you know, my dad cheering me on, my friends, you know, it's been awesome. It's been awesome to just grind, grind, grind and, and you know, starting the new year, you know, ending the new year, ending last year on a high note, probably, you know, one of the, one of the breakout stars in the independent scene who had an amazing year, you know, there's a lot of other guys that did great things, but then, then starting 2021 by wrestling Kenny Omega on dynamite. And how, how does 2021 get any bigger than that? How? Like, I, mean, I don't well, know. Go ahead. Go ahead. Finish, finish what you're saying. But I, 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 say, I don't know, but I want to find out. Like, I want to know what's next. You know, I want to know what's to come because, the support, the amount of new fans and people that are, are just now learning who I am, who was just getting to getting to find me out last year and, and looking back at my old stuff. And just I watched my matches from last year and when I first made my New Japan debut and just seeing how much better I've gotten just by getting in the ring with these amazing talents. You know, I, I my first match in New Japan was against TJ Perkins. Oh, I love know, TJ. A, a, an amazing wrestler. Oh, I love that dude. All around amazing talent. One of the best technical wrestlers in the game. And, and then now, you know, Kenny Omega. It's just like, I, I know I'm going in the right direction. You know, I'm not taking steps backwards. It, it's, it's, everything is just, it's been amazing. It's been, it's been a humbling experience. Sometimes I just want to like throw water in my face and just like, am I, am I dreamy? <laughs> like what's going on? Now I'm on a podcast with Vicky Guerrero, you know? My, this let, is, let this me... is so surreal. Let me ask you, Danny, what, so we have tunnels, you know, from AEW backstage that leads us to the stage. When you were getting ready to come out to face Kenny Omega, what, 
are you thinking in your mind before your music goes off and you walk through that tunnel? I mean, well, you, they, your life has to be pretty, uh, just like flash forward, you know, because they, yeah, they, they preloaded us, right? Uh-huh. So we, we was, we, we walked through the tunnel and I'm waiting for, you know, through commercial break, waiting for Kennedy to come out. And I think just waiting in the ring to hear Justin Roberts announce Kenny Omega's <laughs> long list of accolades. <laughs> and then you hear them from North Carolina, <laughs> but he hailed from Winnipeg, you know, like, and I'm sitting there and I can just feel like, 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 like spider senses just going off, you know, it's just like goosebumps everywhere. And I'm like, holy shit, like the best wrestler in the world. And I'm not just saying that because it's, because I'm trying to like, he's literally right now, probably yeah. the best wrestler in the world. And, and the busiest one. <laughs> yes. And the busiest one, right. With everything he had that's going on with impact and with Don Callis and, you know, now the good brothers are here on AEW. They, like it's insane. And this is their, this is their debut. This is the good brothers and Kenny Omega's debut. And we was expecting it to be the young bucks. I was thinking Kenny Omega and the young bucks. Right. And now all yeah. of a sudden, Carl Anderson and Luke Gallows, you know, the big LG come, coming out. And I'm sitting there with Brian Pillman Jr. and Griff Garrison, you know, like. Well, who who well, are the Varsity uh, Blondes? So that's, that would, they're, they're getting pretty popular too. Yeah, exactly. I'm sitting there with two guys, a new tag team. They're a young tag team that are just now starting to get their, their momentum, their steam yeah. going. And I'm just now trying to get my momentum and steam going. And here we are on the opposite side of the ring with the best wrestler in the world. And the Good Brothers, probably the best tag team right now, you know, next to the Young Bucks. Like, yeah. like, what do you, what do you? It, it was, it was, and and then me, and then they they jump us, and and now me and Kenny, <laughs> me and Kenny are going back and forth in the ring, you know, and I'm trying to out Lucha Kenny Omega, and it's just amazing, you know, and then and, and giving it my all, and, and taking quite the beating from from those guys, and, and and you know, they hit me with the Magic Killer, they pin me. One, two, three in the middle of the ring. I, I get pinned by, you know, the good brothers and Kenny Omega. And then John Moxley comes into the ring. John Moxley storms. And now John Moxley's throwing down with Kenny. And then a whole bunch of people are trying to break it up. And then the Lucha brothers are in the ring. And then the young bucks are in the ring. And I'm just laying out on the floor while all this is happening. And I'm like, this is where I want to be. I don't want to be anywhere else. I don't want to be anywhere else. So you're not I, I signed felt, with anyone else, right? So no, you're, currently you're, free agent. Yes, currently okay. I'm still a free agent. That's incredible. Um, which brings me to uh, to some fan questions that um, some fans wrote to you, and they have um, some some pretty incredible questions for you. Oh, um, let's go. Okay, so Papo Isco uh, wanted to know uh, who is your all time favorite wrestler, and why is it the King Fat Boy? <laughs> so, so you have to explain this to me yeah. so yeah so i was like what the hell what i'm just gonna ask him to see what the, he can explain Papa it esco is actually my tag partner we're tag team champions right now at united wrestling network championship wrestling from hollywood <laughs> we're the tag team champions and he's okay. the king fat boy Papo esco that's his oh nickname oh my god but what a for those listening yeah right <laughs> my actual you know, my favorite wrestlers of all time are The Rock and Eddie Guerrero. Those are the two that I grew up when The Rock left to go to Hollywood. Eddie had just made the jump, you know, yeah. with the whole radical invasion. And he was doing the roles, the mamacita thing. Yeah. And then he had the Latino heat thing. He had the low rider. And he just, he, and he beat Brock Lesnar. How many people could say they beat Brock Lesnar, 
right? Yeah. And, and so he was the one Latino. And, like, there were some Puerto Ricans on TV. But when you look at the Puerto Ricans that were on TV when I was growing up, they, they weren't really representing the culture, I don't believe. Right. You know, no, Carlito, right. yes. Carlito kind of, but the whole spitting in people's face with an apple to me, like, it, it just wasn't, you know, then they had, you know, Primo and Epico and they put them as matadors. You know, like, there was never really yeah. Puerto Ricans really representing the culture. So Eddie was the first real Latino superstar, you know, and then you had Rey Mysterio after him. So they, they just, oh, man, just, just seeing that, you know, it really made me fall in love with the fact that Latinos can rise. We can, we can be stars, you know, we, we can put on. And that's why I represent Puerto Rico so much. You know, when I think of Puerto Rican wrestlers, the only other guys that come to mind are LAX or Proud, Proud, uh, Proud and Powerful, Santana and Ortiz. They're, yeah. the, you know, Eva, and Ivelisse. They're the few that have been a, a, a consistent name that are representing the Puerto Rican culture. So every chance that I get, I want to represent the Puerto Rican culture, you know? I want my daughter to see, my daughter is Puerto Rican and Mexican. I want her to see, you know, her dad representing our Puerto Rican culture. You know, I want to, I want her dad, to, her and everybody else watching that to see Puerto Ricans, you know, on their TV screen. You know, when I was growing up, all we had was J-Lo and Mark Anthony, you know, so. <laughs> oh, <laughs> it, fair it, enough. But you are, you're representing your the people really well. And I love how you said, you know, you have, you have love for your people and that's, that's yes. so true. You're doing a great job and um, you're representing very well. And I, I'm a fan of yours now. Like when I see you Thank on the you. cart and we're at work, you know, and it's so funny because um, as small as AEW is, you know, as far as like the crew and the staff, I, I don't see you a lot of the time backstage. But when I go up to the cart and I'm looking at the cart, I'm like, oh, and I see your name. I'm like, this is going to be a good match. And I love it because <laughs> I, I can I, I know that I can look forward to a good match that night. Um, Thank you so much. You're, you're welcome. Here's another question for you from Mike Angus. He says, um, I'm a ring announcer from the UK. I wanted to ask Danny, is he looking forward to wrestling over here in the UK once restrictions are lifted? And where worldwide would he most likely want to wrestle? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, if I know anything about wrestling is that UK fans are wild. They're yes. super engaged, so I would absolutely love to one day wrestle in the UK. I've never been to the UK, so that would be super fun. Um, and, and where I'm most looking forward to wrestling, you know, if, if I, I would like to wrestle in the Tokyo Dome. I would like to wrestle in Japan someday. Um, but, but I'm looking forward to wrestling with AEW. Wherever we travel to, once restrictions are lifted, wherever we go, whatever city, country we hit, I want to be there. Yeah, I, I'm looking forward to having a different venue. Um, you know, I know that... Uh, you know, once restrictions lift, I cannot wait to be in arenas again because I, yes. I appreciate the fans that are in Jacksonville. Whenever I get to go out there and they yell, I'm like, can I just be a little bit louder because I need to get my bitch, you know, attitude going here, <laughs> you know, but I mean, there's nothing like an incredibly loud uh, cheer from the crowd because the fans are, are what feed us, you know, with our yes. energy and our, you know, to get that entertainment going. I miss the arenas so bad, especially going to different cities 100%. because just to see the fans, you know, because it's so, I, even though I'm a heel, I always appreciate my fans because without yes. them, I can't be where I'm at today. Right. Okay. I am right there with you. Yeah. Okay. So let's see. Um, if you had an opportunity to be part of a tag team at AEW, who would want, who would you want your partner to be? Hmm. Okay. So I'm on a fantasy book right now. I would love it. to see a Puerto Rican faction of Eddie Kingston, Santana Ortiz, myself, and Ivelisse. 
I think I think that would be something that's not happening anywhere on TV right now. You know, uh, I think that would be really cool. Um, if that is not an option, um, I would like to team. I think I think me and Sammy Guevara would be fun. Oh yeah, absolutely. I love that. So we're just speaking this out to the universe. So whenever this interview comes <laughs> out, it, we're gonna have a lot of ideas for AEW. Um, so uh, are there any future things that you're that you're doing besides? I know you're waiting to see if AEW is gonna pick up a contract with you. But as far as right. your movies or anything, are you uh, are you headed to other promotions until you wait to see what happens with your contract at AEW? Yeah, I'm still I'm still currently wrestling with New Japan Pro Wrestling. Uh, I'm still wrestling with you know United Wrestling Network. I uh, I haven't taken too many independent bookings because uh, one COVID, so I, yeah. I'm not really trying to deal with that. But but also because I kind of I kind of just want to be on TV now. You know, I I, I, I you got I the bug. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I kind of just and I I I miss the fans at the independent shows. I miss you know the pictures and stuff like that and the heckling and things, but I, I, I just, I want to, I want to be on TV. And I think that I need to make myself, I need to make myself just get locked in on that. You know, I don't want to get back to wrestling the indie style and going back and forth. You know, I kind of want to stay, you know, mastering the craft of television now. So I, I'm kind of yeah. trying to stay there really. As far as the movies and stuff like that, I do have that one movie that's going to be shooting this year, come this year, actually 2021 is going to be shooting. Um, and, and I'm working on writing, a sequel to a short film that I wrote called Joe Riv, which is kind of like, um, it's, a, it's an action thriller um, where I do all my own stunts, my own fights. So that's fun. And uh, that one is currently almost done in post-production. So we'll be releasing that one soon and I'm ready writing the sequel to that. That's amazing, Danny. Okay, I have some fa rapid fire questions for you. So my fans Ooh, can get to know you a little bit more. All right, so when you're making your own burrito, your burrito, would you rather have black beans or refried beans? Black beans. Okay. Who inspires you? My daughter. Oh. Who's your favorite female celebrity crush? Ariana Grande. Oh, <laughs> damn. See, he had no hesitation in that. Like, okay. Yeah, no, no. Ariana Grande. Okay. <laughs> I want to go to <laughs> If you found a hair in your food at a restaurant, would you return it or keep eating it? I uh, return it especially with COVID. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what's your favorite type of genre for a movie to watch? Romantic, comedy, horror? Action thrillers. Action thrillers. Uh, your least favorite dessert? Oh, I'm not a sweets person, but my favorite dessert is cheesecake. You're not a sweets person? No, I don't like candy or anything like that, really. But I love cheesecake. Love, love cheesecake. So that was Eddie's favorite cheat food is cheesecake. I mean, really? he'd come home and he, we'd ha watch movies and have sushi and then he'd have like three different flavors of cheesecake. All for him. Like he ate as much as he wants. <laughs> Richard, days. All right. What's your dream car? Uh, a Lamborghini. Oh, right now, I, right now, I, I, right now I drive my first dream car. My first dream car was a Camaro. So I, right now I drive a Camaro. But if I could have like my all-time dream car, it would be a Lamborghini or, or a G-Wagon. The Mercedes trucks, I like those too. So big, big dreams. <laughs> All right. What age do you approve your daughter to date? When she's married. <laughs> okay, she's got to date before she gets married. <laughs> um, I think that I, I trust my daughter. Um, and I know as, as she gets older, I'll trust her a lot more. 
So when, whenever she feels comfortable today, uh, I just want to give her that trust. So that way she's open with me and her mom and communicates that with us. Because I, I, what I don't want to happen is I, I hoard her and like, and then she does it behind my back kind of thing. So yeah. whenever she feels she's ready, hopefully it's after the age. Hopefully it's high school time when she's in high school, hopefully. But it's, you know, some people start earlier than others. So, yeah. Gosh, Danny, I am so honored to have you on my show. I'm a, I'm a big fan of yours. and I, I'm so happy to call you my friend. Um, when we sat down at the airport in those wee hours of the morning, I yeah, really liked, I liked your energy. I loved your attitude. And I, I'm, I'm just praying for many blessings for you in your career. Mm-hmm. And I'm so happy I get to see you every week at AEW. And I am, I am looking to see what mountains you're going to move in your career because you're going to go far. And I'm so proud of you. Thank you so much, Vicky. I, I can't tell you how, how special this is for me considering everything and how much I love love what you did and and thank you it's just thank you for this for this opportunity um i'm excited to see what 2021 brings and hopefully it's blessings for everybody you know hopefully just everything just goes up from here with with everything going on in the world yeah you know we're here to empower each other and to be here for each other and i love my platform of having my podcast because when i see different superstars that aren't on the main roster but i see the talent and I see the motivation that people have and to have you on my show is just an inspiration for other people to watch this and know that they're able to do whatever they want. And, um, I'm just, I cannot wait to see what you're going to do. And, and if you get signed with AEW, you know, I'm going to, I'm getting a bigger stable and, you know, you never know the Cougar might come out and have to recruit you for a little bit. And then you have to like kick everyone's ass. (laughs) Let's do it. <laughs> no, but um, I, I'm really happy to be at AEW, and you're going to love them. And I know they're treating you good, and they're so great there. And um, yeah. I, you look happy, and I'm just I'm, I'm just uh, really I'm excited to see what you're going to do. And thank you for being on my show. Thank you so much for having me, Vicky. I, I truly appreciate it again. Um, and hopefully, hopefully, AEW is where I end up at. Um, I have a good feeling, and I'm just going to continue to pray about it. So. Hopefully 2021, we find out sooner than later. Thank you. And where can the fans find you, Danny, whenever you're, um, you know, on, on your social media? Oh, yeah, absolutely. For anybody that doesn't follow me, uh, I'm not hard to find. I'm on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. I'm on all the social medias at Danny Limelight. Um, I have a pro wrestling tea store. It's prowrestlingtees.com backslash Danny Limelight. And also follow my daughter on Instagram, Lisi Rivera. I'm already following <laughs> her. She, oh. I'm, I'm, I, I'm right behind her. I, when she gets a big movie deal, I want, I want her to give me a part. <laughs> yeah, or, or maybe one day you can manage her when she starts wrestling. I know, oh my God. <laughs> uh, well, God bless you, Danny, and have a, great, have a great day, and um, I'll look forward to seeing you next week at work. Yes, Vicky, have a great day. All right, Bye. thanks, Thank Danny. you so much. Bye. Bye. All right, that's our episode with Danny Lamlight. Thank you, Danny, for being on my show. I am so honored to call you my friend, but most of all, I am excited to see what the future brings for you in professional wrestling. Also, I wish so much love and happiness to you and your family, and I wish you nothing but well wishes. All right, guys, so please check out the Excuse Me podcast. If you have missed any of our previous episodes, please click, comment, subscribe, like, give me some feedback. I can't do this without all my fans and listeners. You guys are amazing.
So please go to your favorite podcast platform and download, subscribe, do all the fun stuff you need to. I am watching all your support, everyone, and I'm so thankful. So until next week, guys, I'll see you with another amazing guest. Excuse me!